The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Pam Shaw, and this is the Burl Cauley Leadership Training Institute Community Call. So thank you for being with us tonight. We've got a lot planned for you. We're going to try to make it as um, user-friendly and interactive as possible. But before we do that, what I would like to do is ask the other two members of the team who are here tonight if you would introduce yourselves. Hi, Pam. This is Julie Brannon, formerly WCB president, but not anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, and I'm just very excited to be here because I thought we did this, as you know, in convention and we did all the wrong things that were happening. But like Pam said, and like it said in the announcement, we forgot to tell you what to do with these people. So that's our goal. That's right. And we're going to talk about that, Julie, in just a minute. Could we get our other team person, team member to introduce himself? Hello, my name is Matt Stom. I'm the president of the Kentucky Council Blind and first vice president of ACB Next Generation and, of course, member of this committee. And looking forward to this event, guys. It's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for both of you being here. We are all one team tonight. We're working together and we're going to help each other. I don't think we're going to talk at the same time, though, but we'll get the job done. So you might remember that at the last convention, as Julie was saying, we did a program called We've Got to Stop Meeting Like This. And it was a bit of a skit that showed some of the kinds of challenges, particularly as leaders, that one can encounter with various personalities in the group. And so we had people who uh, were part of the skit and they carried out various personalities. Now, what we try to do is make sure whoever they acted, uh, the way they acted was not truly who they are. But we had a good time, but we heard from some of you and some people around ACB, okay, as Julie was saying, we saw the challenges, but now help us to know what to do when we really encounter these people. Give us some suggestions. But we have three goals tonight. We want to inspire you, we want to encourage you, and we want to empower you so that wherever you are, or if you're chairing a meeting or whatever you're involved in, if it's a chapter meeting, affiliate meeting, committee meeting, anything like that, you will be armed with some good skills. So the first person we're going to recognize is Julie Brandon, and Julie's going to share two of the personalities that we encountered. Hey, Julie. <laughs> All right. Yay. This is so fun. By the way, going back to summer, we had such a good time. <laughs> we enjoyed ourselves so much. I think we forgot what our meeting goals were. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to first talk about the misagreeable and the Mr. Disagreeable. Let me talk about the misagreeable because frankly, I think that person's a little easier to handle in a meeting. What I've done when I have someone in a meeting that agrees to everything. Hello? 
I thought I heard something. Anyway, um, the degrees to everything, it after a while can be so annoying and distracting. And it actually makes that agreeable person look kind of funny. <laughs> after a while, they look kind of ridiculous, but they're just so agreeable and happy with everyone and everything. What I've done when I've met someone like that in a meeting that I'm facilitating, I've said, you know, so-and-so, I'll just call her Miss A. So glad that you are enjoying the meeting and are positive and, you know, want to make sure that everything goes smoothly. But it would really help if you wait and maybe wait and think of a comment to say once all the discussion is done. Because even though they're not being negative, even though they're not really that um, difficult to deal with, it's still distracting have that person agreeing all the time with everything so anyway that's what I've done in the past just to said thank you we love your positivity what you do is affirm them because one of the reasons they're probably agreeing to everything is they want to be heard and they probably have a very hard time is my guess with conflict so what you want to do is make sure they know they're heard that's really important thank them for what they're doing and what they want to accomplish but ask them if they would not mind maybe not um having an agreeable opinion to everyone until there's time to talk until we're actually talking about the decision. So misagreeable is kind of fun to deal with and they're not really that difficult. <clears throat> I'll say the same thing for misagreeable and Mr. Disagreeable, I'll call him Mr. D. Um, <clears throat> they both want to be heard actually and that's something to remember. And as a facilitator leader, it's important to start your active, active listening skills. Oftentimes in active listening, not only do you want to hear what's being said, but you want to go further and deeper and try and ascertain why. Why is this being said? Why is this person coming across with the Miss A? Why is she so happy and agreeable with everything, Mr. D? Why does he have a negative response to everything? The, one of the main things that you can start with is making sure they know they're heard. And I'm going to go Mr. D because he's the harder one. Um, anytime anything is said or a suggestion is made, either by the facilitator or by anyone in the group, he needs to let you know that that's not going to work. We've done it before. We don't want to do it again. I can tell you that just isn't going to work. Mr. D very much needs to be heard. That's part of his reason for talking. And he needs to be appreciated. So the first thing I would do is actively listen. And then what I've said in meetings before, and I'll just share this with all of you. I had a supervisor once who said to us, you are not going to come to my office with the problem unless you also come with the solution. Very interesting man. And he sure got a lot less people coming to his office. <laughs> but I would even say that could apply at a meeting where you have Mr. Mr. D just going on and on. And I've even said to people, I appreciate your insight. I know you are concerned. I know you care about the organization and that's why you're expressing your concerns. But what I really like everyone to think about rather than problems right now are solutions. It's amazing how that transitions the discussion from all the problems that can happen. And some people, the truth is some people just frankly think that way. I mean, I just call them negative ninnies, but they really do. Everything is negative for them. And they really often haven't had experience in thinking of solutions. Now, that's kind of quick to ask people to think of a solution on the spot at that meeting. But it is interesting how it can switch people's mental thought processes if they're thinking of solutions. And I've also said to the Mr. D's, I said, you know, 
you're right. That acknowledge them. You're right. That could be a problem. Since you think that could be a problem, what idea do you have that you think could work? And that's called redirecting, refocusing. You've heard that a lot, like when you're dealing with little kids or in a meeting to try and redirect as much as possible. Because the truth is both Miss A and Mr. D, they really make a meeting difficult and they really make it difficult to accomplish your goals and your agenda. So it's just, it, I can tell you as a facilitator or leader of a meeting, you're tired whew, by the end of working with these two people, but it's important that they're heard. It's important that you try and understand who they are, what they're saying, why they're saying it. And I still continue to focus on the solution. And eventually you might even need to say, okay, this input is excellent. We need to get back to the topic at hand. We need to get back to the agenda. So that was, those are my words of wisdom or advice. I'd love to hear from any of you with questions or input. Are people going to raise their hands for questions? Yeah. Yes. Danette, Danette yes. are there any hands raised at this point? No hand. Okay. Um, no. Okay. Julie, do uh, you have a particular question that you'd like to direct to the audience? Get their thoughts. I'm curious what you found as successful in dealing with Miss A, <laughs> with Miss Agreeable. What have you found successful to get her to calm down a bit? And silence either means no success or complete success, right? <laughs> Julie, are you asking the audience that or what? I'm asking the audience all yes. these questions. Yes. Okay. Yes. M Melissa does have her hand oh, raised. Melissa. Just a sec. Just a sec. I need to give her. What are you going to do? Hey, Melissa, you can. You've been just given permission to talk. Okay, I believe I'm there. <clears throat> yes. Good. Thank you, Danette. Good evening, everybody. I'm can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, Julie. Um, actually, I had more of a question based on what you've been talking about. And just for people's benefit, I've known Julie since 2005, and I took her yeah. empowerment class at the leadership conference. So, you know, th this is... Uh, <laughs> this is excellent information, even though I've heard it a lot. You know, it's just great. But here's the situation that I guess still bothers me to this day. I had a teacher that once told me that I had a really bad habit in a meeting as a blind person of saying things like, mm hmm, yes, uh huh, like, like I, I was agreeing upon everything. Mm -hmm. But as blind people, how the heck are we supposed to, if we can't see each other, we can't see the other person, like, you know, them nodding or whatever. How are there other ways that we can state that we agree on something or that we um, like something, you know, just what are, does anybody have tips on that? Either Pam or Julie or Matt or, or anybody, because it, it bothers me to this day. And this happened in like 2006. But Melissa, you're, that's an excellent question. Those of us who are totally blind, um, I find myself doing that too, Melissa, because other people are <laughs> nodding. Other people are giving, you know, non-visual, I mean, excuse me, visual clues. 
that they're getting it, that they're understanding it. It's a very difficult situation. But I do know that that verbalization, and I've done in the past too, drives people nuts. <laughs> so it's a difficult one. I think what I've learned to do is just in my head, know that I'm hearing and then ask for a chance to speak because it does it does deter people when I do that. And I, we do that because we can't nod our heads and we can't do um, visual things that everybody else is doing. It's like g- oh. give an example of it. Like, what do you mean? Of what you well, do? I mean, if I, if someone says something and I agree with them, I don't say anything now. I just wait until I have a chance to talk. Oh, okay. I don't make noise anymore. I don't. I mean, it's tempting to, but I don't because <laughs> I've had the same issue. I was so wanting them to know at least I heard them. I might not be agreeing with them, but I was indicating I'm hearing you. And that's often an active listening training. They tell you to do that. Isn't that interesting? When you're listening to someone talk mm-hmm. to go, mm-hmm, yes, I hear you. That is some training that happens. But in a general meeting where so I, if everybody was sitting there, mm-hmm, yes, I hear you, that wouldn't be good. And so I've had to learn to stop doing that. That's all I know to do. I'm uncomfortable. Sometimes I do nod my head, but not really seeing heads move that well. I don't know if I'm doing it right, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I learned how to do that. And I know how to do that, you know, nod my head yes and no, because I was right. taught that in a, in a class, a daily living skills class. Uh-huh. But like I was at a church conference where it was all sighted people. I was the only blind person there. And there were times when I quietly just said, amen, if I agreed to something. And I, and uh-huh. I do that even today when our pastor's speaking uh-huh. and they, my congregation loves it when I do that, just so you and know. And they don't mind. They don't and mind. They don't mind. <laughs> but, but sometimes, especially if I, if he's, if I know he's talking to me, I will give a big, big nod of my head uh-huh. um, and do it that way. And that's just kind of what I've, I've had to train myself to do that. Um, but you're right. That that's just one of the. And I even had someone on a call that I facilitated, not an ACB call, but a different call. This person kept saying, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,", mm-hmm. and I and I just had to say, um, "Excuse me, but I would appreciate it if you would not do that every single time I say a sentence." Yes. Um, you know, if you agree with something, that's okay. But please do not um, disrupt everybody else. So you have to experience the other side of how how we're annoying people. (laughs) Yes. And and Melissa, you said something very informative and very helpful to know, know your audience. That's huge. Absolutely. Know your audience and know your situation. Absolutely. But thank you all for this. And um, I will let uh, other people speak, but this is an excellent, excellent discussion. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't any other questions or any other to ask a question, any ideas about it, especially Mr. Mr. D. (laughs) He's the hard one, really harder to handle. Does anyone have any foolproof ways that they've done that in the past? Any hands? No hands. Oh, (laughs) Well, I'm thinking, and Pam and Matt, what do you think? If people come up with questions at the end, they can maybe think about it and then ask at that time. Sure, they, we can always come back around. We can, we can always come back. Julie, one of the things I wanted to share about people who are disagreeable, and I thought you were very in tune to recognize because lots of times the person's behavior gives you one impression when something else is really going oh, yeah. on. Yeah. And just as you said, they want to be heard or they have been heard in the past, <coughs> excuse me, and somebody put them down. 
Right. And so they've learned to behave in a kind of negative way to get um, people's attention. And one of the things I try to do, and this is also good for even um, talking about if a misagreeable or someone who's doing something in a meeting like that, is to first thank them. <laughs> you know, that may sound weird. But it's a kind of an acknowledgement. You know what? Thank you for being so actively involved. Right. What I'd like to do is, and again, thank you, because part of the challenge is if we give someone something negative, they're going to come back at you negative. Don't mm-hmm. do that anymore because you're getting on my nerves. You, know? <laughs> you feel like saying that, but you don't. No. <laughs> oh, but I've been in times where people did say it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So... The struggle is to stay as positive as possible, thank the person and recognize there may be something else Mm -hmm. going on that, or, you know, in their past or even that you don't know about. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Well, if there aren't any other questions, I I think I'm, you know, and, and that reminds me too, Pam, there's the old adage, I'd rather be kicked than ignored. And oftentimes I really do think that Mr. D, that is kind of what's going on. Good point. Good point. Thanks, Julie. Thanks. Thank you. Alrighty. And Bye-bye. now to our audience. Well, first of all, Julie did a fantastic job. Thanks again. And now we are in for a treat because we have the one and only magnificent Matt Helm, who's going to come and share his two personalities and share what kinds of things can work and then involve you in a question and answer period. Hi, Matt. Uh, Hello, Pam. I always feel like I struggle to live up to your billing. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I pay you well. (laughs) Yes. And you pay me well. That's right. So the two people that uh, I'm going to talk about today is uh, late Laura Lately and uh, Zoom. I don't remember the first name, but it's the person with all the Zoom issues. <clears throat> all right. So first, the person's always late. You know, they're they're, and I think we had some good examples of this. Um, we did this in the summer, you know, they're coming in and of course they're late for one reason or another. It doesn't matter if it's in person or virtual could apply to both. And, you know, they want to come in and not only announce, Oh, I'm here, but also, you know, I had X problem. Uh, my ride was late or, you know, it was raining outside or, you know, I had to, I tripped over the, cat looking for my phone, you know, whatever the issue is, you know, they always uh, feel the need to express that, express what happened and, you know, get, get that out there for all, everyone to know. And usually it's in the middle of, you know, we either just got started or we're already in the middle of some conversation, depending upon how late they are. So, you know, I think uh, this does kind of go back to a little bit of what was said before. I think some of that is out of the anxiety of uh, being late and, you know, no one, no one likes to be late. And, you know, also people feel the need to be heard. And uh, I think just, you know, the easiest thing 
that I found to do is just, you know, welcome them that they're here, you know, Hey, we see you here. Thanks for coming. And then, you know, keep carrying on with the meeting, you know, and kind of give them some acknowledgement and, you know, uh, try to cut it off at the pass a little bit, you know. Um, The other one is our Zoom person. And I'm going to think of this name if it kills me. But, um, you know, that's, of course, you know, obviously with all these virtual meetings, we all have Zoom issues and, we have people that unmute themselves and talk out of turn and people that have trouble finding the mute buttons or in my case, I'll look at a participants list and, you know, or I'll mute and unmute and I'll go to unmute again and it voiceover puts me in the participants list and I'm scrambling to close that. So I go hit the unmute button again, you know, so those kinds of things that little technological things or, you know, just people not realizing that they're, unmuted and you know they're taking a nap or you know they're doing something doing dishes or talking to somebody or that seems to be the most frequent ones carry on the side conversations and you know those sorts of things that carry on and you know really that's a matter of solving that problem is uh finding a good uh facilitator that you know knows whatever platform you're using and is ready to uh, take control and hit the mute button on those folks. (laughs) And uh, also, you know, being able to instruct people on where to find buttons or, you know, send them an invite to unmute, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Sometimes you do have to, you know, pause and wait for people, which, you know, it just just happens. It's technology. It's never... It's never perfect, you know, and it's only great when it when it works the way we want it to. So, you know, those kind of things um, kind of help overcome those issues. So, uh, just if we have any hands, be happy to take those, and um, you know, or Pam, if you wanna, if you have a question to start this portion. No hands right now. Um, this is Pam. Okay. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Can I? Yes, ma'am. Yes. You okay. are here. I wanted to wait to be called. <laughs> so, so here's um, something I saw. One thing we noticed with the uh, person who played that, I think we called her Lady Lately or something like that. When That's she came in yep. and she was disruptive and she came in and she kept asking about where's the donuts, where's the coffee, remember that? And um, it was disruptive. So kind of my question, because I've seen people do this. The person comes in, they're late, they're disruptive. The person managing the meeting stops and says, okay, well, we started our meeting 15 minutes ago and I'm going to bring you up to speed with what we've already done. And they literally go back and go over the meeting or the person comes in and says, yeah, I'm late now, who's here? Especially for people like me that can't see, you know, who's here? And I've seen leaders go around the room and have everybody introduce themselves, but this is after 
that had already been done. So what are your thoughts from a meeting management perspective about the best way to handle that? And that's for you, Matt, and you too, Julie. Julie, go ahead. Hands raised. Julie, you might be muted. All right. Well, you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, there oh good. Go. Go good. There we go. Okay. Um, what we've done in the past is letting people know that if they need to come in late for whatever reason, we'll leave some seats toward the back of the room. And we've asked them to just go sit in those seats and catch up later because it's so disruptive. And when the leader gets so distracted by trying to recap or re-announce everybody there, it's frustrating to those people who got there on time. And I know what they're thinking, and I've had people say this, I get here on time every time, but yet the meeting is stopped to accommodate the latecomers. So that's what we did at a group I was in. We just said, there'll be chairs at the back. Please find your chair at the back and be quiet until it's time for questions. So that's an alternative. Mm -hmm. Thanks. We do have one raised hand in the in the attendee side. Just a sec. Janine, you can unmute. Hey guys. Hi. Hi. Hey Matt. Uh, so for me, I found when I'm running a meeting and answering your question as well, Miss Pant is when they come in late and we've done everything and we've like, hey, we've done our icebreaker and we've done whatever, just maybe acknowledge them and say, hi, Matt, we're glad you're here. We're going to proceed on. Notice you're late, but we're glad oh, you're here. Good. Like, mm. hey, Matt, I, you know, we'll catch you up later, but we need to proceed because we've already done our icebreaker. We've already started with our agenda. We all have an email agenda. So hopefully when you're in a meeting, you have it pulled up. So that way it can be more efficient. Or I just, um, if they want to go on and tell me uh, my child wanted to play, I was doing this. I was, I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Um, maybe stay muted and try to stay active, you know? So you either mute them if they want to keep telling their story, say, okay, we got you, but we're going to continue. So, mm. and I try to do it friendly. So it's not <laughs> mean, but lateness drives me nuts. So I, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to go back and do it over again. So I've been in meetings with Matt and some people have come late and we've handled it different ways, different times for different people. But it just depends on the person and the situation and how important whatever you're working on is. But I, I tend when I'm leading meetings to just be like, okay, well, we'll catch you up or you can see it in the minutes or we'll tell you who's here later. But um, we're, I'm sorry you were late for whatever reason, you know, sucks to be late. We'll catch you up later, but we're going to proceed. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, Matt. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, just to kick in, uh, Pam, I think, um, one other thing that I've seen and done quite a bit is, you know, you have someone that's late, you know, you say, Hey, glad to be in here. You know, welcome here. And we are on item X or we're talking ah. about Y, you know, especially if you send out the agenda beforehand, you assume that they've read it and 
kind of just tells them, Hey, here's, here's what we're doing right now, you know, and you kind of keep on, keep on keeping on. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thanks for that. Any more hands up? And, and I do like the idea of the seats in the back of the room if you're reading in person. Yeah, I like, I like that. that. Yeah. We, uh, um, we kind of do something like that at roundabout kind of keeps some seats open more towards the mm, door. Like people that. are coming easier and find a place to sit down and that sort of thing. So, and it, oh, and it works good too. You know, if you have people that some people that, and I know this isn't in our, uh, in our, um, in our list of people, but you know, you have people that also want to want to leave early, you know, so they tend to, they tend to congregate over there too. So. Thanks for that. Any more hands than that? No. Okay. Okay. So I have another question. Okay. This question is about the other character that you talked about, Matt, the one named Zora Zoom. Okay. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Zoro Zoom, but I made a mistake and put an A there. So got there but um but i'm glad that we have you know our our host thank you both thanks our host and for helping us out this evening one of the questions i had about zoom meetings especially if it's a zoom meeting that you have regularly and so you have a regular group of um people who attend and somebody really i, I don't have great language so forgive me they are really bad with Zoom, okay? They're pushing the buttons and the, you start hearing their jaws talking or they can't figure out how to mute or unmute. Have any thoughts about how to help that person in the meeting and outside? Okay, Julie, you your hand is raised. Am I unmuted? Yes, great. Well, I um, I think my hands raised from previously, but I, I do have some ideas. We've had that happen with one of our members, and, and he was so frustrated. He was swearing under his breath, and I don't know how to do Zoom, and right in the middle of the meeting, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and so the, as a facilitator, he was asked to not even, you know, talk about his Zoom any longer, and maybe he'd have to miss this meeting, and we would call, and we would have people call who could train him after the meeting. We had to do that because it was becoming ridiculously disruptive, mm -hmm. and we did have people call and train him. The next meeting, he felt comfortable, so I can share that. Thanks. Okay, That's Jamaica. Oh, sorry. Jamaica, you have just been given permission to talk. Yes, I I have some ideas about about this cuz I'm um I I wanted to let you all know that I'm I'm trying to do this I'm trying to help my chapter be able to be on be, be on Zoom for for our for our Zoom for our Zoom meetings and some of the people don't exactly know how to do it know know how to do everything so i think some things that i would suggest would be to um to have some people 
help the people that that help the people one on one how to do how to do how to do zoom because i think when you're when you're in a big group when you're in a group and you're the last one to learn how to how to do things it it it, it doesn't feel very uh very um very good about learning about keystrokes that need to happen um, if you're the last one in the group. So I just wanted to just say that. So thank you. you did. I'm glad you did. Are you ready for the next hand? Matt, you ready? T Tammy? Yes. Tammy, you can unmute now. I am unmuted now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I, I want to follow up on what Jamaica was saying. I, I have a lot of problems. We've just switched from in Connecticut. We've just switched from conference call to Zoom and everybody's griping. Um, so but for security <laughs> reasons, I think it's so much better. And I know that they're struggling with it. So. I am planning on, I was just elected interim vice president. So um, I'm trying to get them all on the same page. So I'm planning on offering some one-on-one -on -one assistance to my affiliate because we don't have chapters because we're too small of an affiliate to have chapters. We just have like 15 people. So um, I, I'm struggling with that. And I'm also struggling. What do you all think of um, writing up? like some kind of guidelines, basically that, you know, you can't over talk each other. You got to stay muted until you're, you know, kind of like we're doing right now where it, you know, works more effectively if, you know, people aren't, we had a lady come in late and she kind of took over and she was like, no, this meeting has to be run like this. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We can't, can't do that that way. It's, you know, just got to follow the agenda. So I was wondering if I could get your input on what you all think of writing up guidelines and and offering the one-on-one -on -one type classes for iPhone and people that can't seem to get in. Mm -hmm. Pam, I can take that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are both good ideas. I think one thing you may want to think about is in Zoom settings, uh, you can change a setting where you can mute participants upon entry. So when everyone comes in, they're not automatically unmuted, they're muted. And that'll maybe cut down on some of that. Uh, the other thing I might suggest is when we switched over to Zoom here in Kentucky, and, uh, you know, we switched... I mean, we were using Zoom before the pandemic even started. Uh, so, but when we switched over, we kind of um, held, I don't want to say practice calls. I don't want to say that, but that's really what it was. You know, it was just like, hey, uh, we're going to get on here and we're going to kind of tinker and see, you know, play with us a little bit and, you know, uh, People kind of get used to doing things and raising hands and muting and unmuting. And, you know, that way people didn't feel the pressure of, oh, I'm in a meeting. I got to learn this new thing. You know, it's kind of more like an open time that people could use it. And we also used it too to kind of play with breakout rooms and see what that was like and, uh, you know, do some of those things. So, you know, I might suggest that, that too. And one-on-one um, -on -one help 
doesn't hurt because eventually you're going to get to a point where, you know, you just have everyone will be used to it, but you have somebody new come in that's not. And so that right. definitely can't can help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I don't, you know, I don't mind as long as it gets them all on the same page. Like I said, I'm just getting, because I'm, I'm not only trying to be vice president, but I'm also basically hosting. It's not a community call. So I kind of host because the lady that actually has the Zoom account doesn't really know how to do that. So part do it. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing double duty and it was, it was just hard as the host and the, you know, the upcoming vice president to go, um, you can't, you can't do that. You know, so yeah. that's why I was thinking of writing up the guidelines where, like, just, you know, you guys got to, you, you know, say your name when you go to speak, introduce yourself, you know, um, don't right. over talk to someone else. Yeah. Stay so, muted if you're not talking. It's, yeah. 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 It's, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the yeah. other thing, too, that, that we do quite a bit here in Kentucky is, um, and, uh, you know, we'll open the room, you know, because people do in some aspects, they do want to go in there and, and BS and that sort of thing. So, you know, we'll open rooms uh, a little early, just people that show up early and they want to BS and say, Hey, right. and you know, right. Get all the, always- get all the scuttlebutt done, you know, before the meeting gets started, you know, they'll, <laughs> the they'll tea. do they that. have to have the tea, the tea. Yes. The That's tea. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, or, you know, stay later, whatever, whatever works for people, mm-hmm. but you know, that kind of helps, helps some of that too, you know, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, and, and really if it's, um, if it's a more, I mean, depending upon how formal y'all run things, I mean, I know in next Pretty generation, yeah, yeah I, I know in next generation, we have like actual like rules that we send out to our members and say, Hey, if you're coming, you know, here's, here's the ground rules. Here's how okay. this is going to operate, you know, and that's, um, but you know, again, everyone is, more or less formal just depending on what's going on right. but yeah i can't, I can't at least to set some expectations i i, I don't think that hurts anything so. no no <laughs> let's hope not they might all be mad at me but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> i think they'll get over it let me assure you i i hope so Grim, i hope so thank you very you know, much i appreciate it thank you i found oh. different types of zoom users also so sometimes the person who's using Zoom is actually new to the technology period, meaning they're a relatively new computer user who's trying to now add Zoom differently than the person who's pretty familiar, but they're just not familiar with Zoom. And I've also understood that there's some people, some technology, they just don't like it, you know, and so it's not as simple for them um, to use it. And I think that's something to consider, too, because I think also what it requires with some of us, especially when it comes to Zoom, is a, a higher level of patience. You know, sometimes, um, and, and I know because I'm a guilty party, I'm playing around, not playing around, but I'm testing some things out while I'm in a meeting, and I cause confusion, especially kicking myself off the Internet. So <laughs> I learned that I should probably not try to test things and multitask and, you know, do some things because I have kicked myself off, and um, that wasn't fun. Thank you. Yeah, and we, so, we've had some older members that, um, uh, frankly, they just, I mean, even if they call in, they just have a hard time pressing the 12-digit 
11 digit number or whatever it is to get into the meeting or, you know, they don't use the one tap link. They're just dialing on the phone. So some of those people we've even, you know, three weighed in just until they can get the hang of uh, even calling it on the telephone. So yeah, definitely a wide, wide spectrum of, mm-hmm. of things. So. So your next person is Mary. You you have been given permission to unmute. I think I'm unmuted. You are. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is great. Hi. Um, what do you do with the person that is a wonderful participant, but I facilitate a prayer call and people in order to follow what we're doing, they have to be able to hear these people but their volume is so low that we can hardly hear what they're saying. And any, I mean, I suggest things. um, I ask the host to suggest things and most of the time they can, but we sometimes, no matter what we do, we cannot get their volume up. And it's mostly people who are on landlines. Now it does happen also on, you know, other people that are on different things. But last week, I said as nicely as I could that, you know, if I'll give everybody a chance to participate, but if we can't hear you, I'm going to have to stop you and give someone else the opportunity. What do you think of that? And what could I have done better if that's not appropriate? Matt, you want to take that? Well, um, just generally what I've observed and what we've kind of done is if someone is speaking and you can't hear them, you just immediately acknowledge, hey, we are not able to hear you at all. You're very quiet. You mm-hmm. sound like you're in the hole, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, sometimes they just have to adjust their phone or something like that it may resolve itself the times i'm thinking that it hasn't they've usually um dropped off or discovered oh i had something unplugged somewhere or you know i mean because you can have that happen with computers too you know microphones Mm -hmm. you plug them the wrong thing right so you know i don't know there's any good way to handle it except just say hey you sound like you're in the distant you know try to mm-hmm. try to adjust here or try to try to speak up or you know right. that sort of thing but okay. definitely don't let them uh don't let them carry on for five minutes and then say hey we can't hear a word you're saying no <laughs> you <know>? i i <laughs> did do that some but last time i just i said i just can't i can't do this anymore it's not fair I didn't tell them that, but I, to myself, I was saying it's not fair to the other people in the group because they're trying to follow along. And, you know, we've even had people that finally realized that they were talking into the wrong end of the iPhone. You know, that can happen. <laughs> uh-huh. but, so, but you know what? I was wondering if you thought, though, what you just said is good to share with people. Kind of. We all and I heard you say it a little bit earlier. We all want to hear you. You know, yes. we really want to hear you. So would you work with us so we can get you as loud as possible? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then right. if it doesn't work, you there may be those times when you have to say, 
Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You know? But we get it. Thank you. Um All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, you did a great job. Thank you very, very much. I get the last three people. And these three people are um, three of my favorite characters because I actually know people, real live human beings who do each one of these things and have done it when I was leading meetings. So the first person we call him quiet guy. Quiet guy doesn't say anything quote unquote out loud. So if you call on that person, they have nothing to say. But they're the person who's mumbling under their breath who's making smart remarks, um, who gets involved in side conversations. And I never knew some people who could whisper that loud. And so it can be very disruptive in the meeting. And I found that one thing I had to do, I would avoid calling on this person, but I learned that I had to call on the person and encourage them, say, look, I know you have something to say because I heard it. Would you please say it out loud because I think it might have value for everybody in here. And sometimes the person will say something and sometimes they won't. Now, I found there's different types of quiet guys. Some people are just being smart and disruptive, but there are also people who are actually kind of shy and they're a little uncomfortable speaking up because they may be in a meeting and feel as if they say something, they may get laughed at or criticized or otherwise judged. But I found I had to work a little harder to create for that person an environment where they felt it was okay to speak up. And I've also had people, because of representing different ethnic groups, felt that perhaps their you know uh, accent would be hard for people in the room to understand. And so we were fortunate in one case that we had another person in the room who spoke Spanish and who helped out so that we could understand that person. But he was trying to say something, but it was a bit disruptive. But once we looked at that person's needs, we found something that we could do. My second person is another real person. We call him Dr. Vocabulary. This is a person once you once they start, it is very difficult to get them to stop. And the other thing about this person is they tend to use language and say things that really just don't make sense, uh, either because they're using very large words that none of us know the meaning. And I have felt at times they were even making them up. We had a state representative who did this to the point where one time, and I happened to be there, he started talking. And when he finished, the Speaker of the of House said, what? So nobody really understood what he was saying. And he got to the point, and this, this is really true, where he said, what I want to tell all of you is that the supercalifragilistic, expialidocious of all of this is nonsense. So we knew that he was sort of, I think he was trying to be entertaining, but it wasn't helpful when you're trying to get something done. And so obviously two things I found was one was we had to give that person a timer. You know, we just had to say, listen, this is your time. And when you hear that little bell, please stop talking. Okay. And um, we were careful when we recognized that person because sometimes they took up so much time that something else did not get done. 
But I have learned about a person like that, even though at first glance you think they've got everything together and all of it going on, they can still be very anxious and very uncomfortable and do that to actually distract us from other things. So that's Dr. Vocabulary. And my third person is Mr. President. Have you ever been in a meeting where someone was leading and they wanted everybody to know that they were in charge to the point where sometimes they were downright rude? And um, what they what they do is don't give them a gavel because they keep hitting it all the time, you know, saying order, order when everybody is in order. So you can have a person like that. And again, I think sometimes we are looking at people who are insecure. Because if you've got to exercise that kind of power over people, or they're good at cutting people off, or they're good at changing the rules in midstream, and they can become a very difficult person, and it's, it's counterproductive. And frankly, people don't like to be around someone who does business like that. So they can be turning off potential members or whatever the situation um, is. And so uh, Mr. President, or can it, but these days it can be a Ms. President too, okay, can be a very challenging person. And again, that person can be reminded too, um, you know, even from members who will say, I'd appreciate it if you would let me please, please finish what I'm trying to say. And a lot of these things will boil down to good communication, listening, understanding, thinking, and reflecting. Any questions about Dr. Vocabulary, Mr. President, or Quiet Guy? Pam, it is eight minutes till. Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Any hands, my friend? Not yet. No. Oh, okay. oh now we do. Just so. <laughs> I know as soon as we say that to most of our hosts, that's when the hand goes up. So okay. thank you. Janine, you have been given permission. Thank you. Okay, so Miss Pam, I have a very serious question about this. Um, and I think I know the the person who's super good. I think I was at that meeting. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Um, what happens when you're trying to make change and you're trying to do things and they cut you off? Like you have to wait for your turn to speak. Because it's the board speaking and you're a member or you're a committee chair or something. And it's your turn to speak. And like, oh, no, we've been here for six. Uh-oh. Cut off a little bit, Janine. Janine, I, I muted you just a minute. Let me give you permission again. Just a sec. Okay, you can unmute now again. Sorry. Thanks, Jeanette. So basically, <laughs> I guess she was telling me I was rambling. Basically, I want to know what happens when they change the rules. Um, what do you What do you do then? Like they change the rules in the middle of the meeting, and like you're following the rules and you've done the agenda, and it's your turn. And, and the Mister President or the Mister Yeah, sorry, we're going to end. And then they get people to be loud and vote to end the meeting. But then the the business part where members have a chance. It doesn't get done. So what are you doing mm-hmm. that when they change the rules or they don't let you finish or you, your time is up and it's like, okay, but you kept interrupting me during my time. So <laughs> <laughs> um, every time you interrupt me, we should stop this clock because you're like, no, no, you can't ask that. 
So I guess that's two questions in one. So um, if you have a timer and they interrupt you, does that count towards your time? And how do you say, excuse me, you took half of my time. And then the second, when they change the rules, what do you do without looking like a maniac and screaming? All right. Well, for question one, I think you really answered. Okay. Did you hear what you just said? <laughs> what did you just say? I said that they take half my time and, <laughs> and say no in the middle of my question. So lots of times these things have to be actually settled before the meeting. Okay. If it's my time, then I should have the floor for the entire time. If you interrupt me, you've used up some of my time, and that means I should get that additional time back. You see where I'm going with that? Because it's yes. your time, and the interruption is inappropriate. So sometimes, you, you, you know, and I, I'm sure you know how to do this, you have to sort of stand <laughs> your ground. You, you really do. You, you have to stand your ground. And the other thing is um, when people, especially elected people and leaders, misbehave in meetings, I think a couple things, if you can do it. One is to speak with them privately, okay? Because sometimes trying to handle the matter publicly, it gets to people showing off, you know, you know what I mean? And it gets louder and louder and it's disruptive. So sometimes that has to be a private conversation. And the other thing that I think, um, and I'll just be very direct like, about this, if someone who is elected is be behaving badly, I say talk with your vote. You know what I'm talking about? Talk with who? Okay. Talk with your vote. Let your oh, vote speak people. for you uh -huh, okay. when it comes to election time because, because we all have to be in order. I think we would all agree leaders and people participating in the meeting. So thank you very much for the question. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Pam. Thanks, Jeanette. Okay. Um, Julie and Matt, we've just only got a few minutes left, but I just wanted to know if you had any closing remarks. Uh, Hello? Is Julie muted? Just a second. Um, Well, <laughs> thank you, Pam. Thank you. Do you have any remarks? I just heard Matt for a minute. Just a sec. Julie, you are muted. So is Matt. Is this better than that? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. We only got oh. a minute or two. <laughs> I'm like yeah. Miss, Miss Zoomy here. Um, Miss <laughs> Zoom, Zoom person. I just want to say many of the solutions I was, I was listening to many of these type of people are similar. I just wanted to say that. Well, thank you. That's a good point and something for all of us to consider. And thank you very, very much for the great job that you did tonight. Yeah, thanks. Thank man. you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Matt, you are muted also. Yeah. Uh, Pam, do we know what's coming up next month in this space? I know we'll be back I, on the I don't remember. second Thursday in March. Oh, you so. know what? I think what they're going to do next month is uh, do some review of the legislative seminar and the president's meeting. 
If I'm not mistaken, that's what will happen next month. Remember we talked about it being oh, right, right after the legislative. Yeah, that's I think right. that's, that's it. Right. And thank well, you, Matt. Then, you were fabulous. <laughs> then we'll look forward to seeing everyone at D.C. Leadership and participating there. So. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Thanks to our lovely, lovely host. Hi, Dadnet. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Thank you, Belle. <laughs> Are we forgetting anybody? I don't want to forget anybody. Some of our members aren't here tonight because they're members of the board and they had a commitment, a board-related commitment. That's why you didn't hear from some of them. Well, thank you, community. Thank you for being here. We hope that you got something out of this evening session or whatever it is, evening, afternoon, whatever time it is where you are. But thanks again, and we'll see you next month.